Namaste, Namaskaram, Vanakam, Namo Namaha, Jai Ganesha. Please visit our website at classicalyoga.org and there is a donate button if you would like to help us out. And please stand up for the Hindu, yoga, religious, spiritual, scientific, philosophical lifestyle. Today's podcast, where is the city of Brahman and how do we get there? Let's first look at a classic little story that has profound meaning. The bird of truth. So, once upon a time, there was an individual that was desperately searching for the answers to life, for truth. Why am I here? What's this all about? So a wise person told this seeker that the answers lied in a bird of truth, off in the forest. So the seeker went on this eternal journey, if you will, to uncover the secrets of life. Who am I? Where did I come from? What's the purpose of life? So he went off in search of this bird of truth, climbing up and down the hills, getting scratched and bruised. See the metaphor for life, for lifetimes of searching? Until... Exhausted one day, the seeker sat down and happened to glance on his or her shoulder, and there was the bird the whole time. And those of you that have parrots, this will have profound meaning to you. And remember, Hindus, that Parvati Ma as Minakshi, she has the parrot right on her shoulder, whispering into her ear. So the bird of truth was there the whole time. However, it's extremely important that we must search, we must go through this life and perhaps the next and the next and the next, having a multitude of experiences in order to finally realize that what we've been seeking in an ultimate sense has always been deep within us. Enter the city of Brahman, found in the Chandogi Upanishad, a beautiful Upanishad. And remember, Upanishads, sitting next to the Guru, are the Vedanta aspect of Hinduism. And remember, Vedanta means the end of the Vedas. And please remember that this is never to be taken out of context. In order to have an end, we must have a beginning. So the beginning are the Vedas. Too often, we Hindus tend to fall into the very trap of the invaders, the M.O., divide and conquer. Remember, we are Hindus. And the many synonyms are Ritta and Dharma and Vedic Dharma, Yoga Dharma, Sanatana Dharma, Brahmanism, Hinduism, the Hindu religion. And within this grand, unified Hindu dharma, we have Saivas and Vaishnavas and Shaktites. And we have numerous scriptures, numerous philosophies, all to be taken as a whole and never to stand alone, creating negative sectarian confusions at best or conflicts. So, for example, never say that you're a Vedantist but not a Hindu, or you're a Saiva but not a Hindu 
or you're a Hare Krishna but not a Hindu. No, we are Hindus. We are a Hindu family. Saiva Vaishnava Shakti, the three. So let us live in harmony and follow the Dharma and plant your yoga tree because we all share in karma, in common, karma, bhakti, rajayana. This is the way to nirvana. Chariye kareye yoga minyanam. This is the same as we just told you. Yama niyam asana pranayama pratihara dharana dhyana samadhi. How many times do we have to tell the all of yoga is sanatana dharma? This is Hinduism. Watch your karma kanda, pasana kanda, yana kanda, om. And we look to our role models. Ganapati Murga Shiva Shakti, Saiva Dharma. Ganapati Krishna Vishnu Lakshmi. Ganapati Hanuman Sitaram, Vaishnava Dharma. Durga Lakshmi Saraswati, Kali Durga Paravati. Shakti Sampradaya. We are a Hindu family. Saiva Vaishnava Shakti, the three. And as Hindus, what is our goal? Tat Tvam Asi. That thou art. Atma Darshana Paramo Dharma. To realize our Atmana that is within all of us. And how do we do that? By, for us, living the Hindu yoga, religious, spiritual, scientific, philosophical lifestyle, the various yogas. Karma, Bhakti, Raja, Jnana, Hatha, Mantra, Japa, Nara, Nata. All stimulating the inner Kundalini yoga. So this living of life and going through all these myriad of experiences from one extreme to the other often. That's why Saiva Hindus sing Sada Lulahara Nama Shivaya, the truth, Sada, of the swing Lola of life that is destroying our ignorance, refining our knowledge till we ultimately realize the inner truths within all of us. But we have to do the searching. We have to do the work. Refusing to do the work is like standing at the bottom of the religious spiritual mountain, looking at the top and saying, oh yeah, we're all one. Self-projecting ourselves there with our ego, without ever having really climbed the climb, walked the walk, pade, pade. So we all know the saying, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If something that is supposed to be very profound is obtained very easily, how can it be anything but superficial? Enter today's so-called yoga teachers and yoga certifications, who in as little as 200 hours become professional yogis. How very, very insulting. So always keeping in mind that we start every journey at the beginning with the first step. So remember Vedanta is the end of the Vedas, so we must start at the beginning. Now, typically, in Vedanta, the pursuit is jnana, or knowledge. But if this is the end, what is the beginning? All we have to do is look at the very first word of the Vedas, Agni Mule, praise Mule, the fire, Agni. In other words, devotion or bhakti yoga precedes jnana, or jnana, yoga. Devotion is actually the secret ingredient of life. Without devotion... We really won't accomplish anything in life. However, devotion must be predicated upon the first yoga, actually, for Hindus, is karma yoga, which is ethics and seva or selfless service. Why? Because we can be devoted, bhakti yoga, to the wrong thing, the wrong person. So while devotion is the secret ingredient, Hindus call this bhakti yoga, Laya Yoga, Puja, Sanya. 
While this is the secret ingredient of life, it must be predicated upon the first foundational yoga, the roots of the tree, if you will, karma yoga, so that we're devoted to goodness, to good things, to having a good positive goal in mind. Hence the classic four yogas of the Hindu yoga dharma, karma yoga, which are the ethics, the symbolism of vriksha, the tree, vrikshasana. And then from those roots rises the trunk, or bhakti yoga, reaching up into the branches and the leaves and the flowers of the royal state of raja yoga, contemplations, to the fruit of enlightenment, jnana yoga. So as Hindus, we do all the yogas. If we want to be a fully mature, blossoming, blooming, fruit-bearing tree, it's not pick and choose. We do karma, bhakti, raja, jnana, to reach this state of nirvana, if you will. Or the city of Brahman within. Or the inner realization of the bird of truth. So in this classic Upanishad, Chandogya Upanishad, it begins with an understanding of the important role of the guru and the chela or the shishya. In life, we all have teachers, starting with our Mata and our Pita, our parents. That's why Hindus look at them as their first gurus. But then we go on to have many, many teachers in life. As Hindus, we call these gurus. Guru is a Hindu teacher. And on we go as we learn from someone who has learned from someone else. And the cycle continues. So in this Chandogya Upanishad, there's a classic example of basically three ways that one can learn from a guru, from a teacher. So the first one is Satyakama, the lover of truth, who though he had a guru, Gotama, a physical guru, a male guru, remember females would generally have a female guru ma, his guru Gotama sends him off into nature, into Bhumimata to learn, wherein he encounters Nandi. And Nandi teaches him the four legs of, of Brahman, which is basically teaching him karma, yoga, and bhakti yoga, and raja yoga, and jnana yoga. As Nandi teaches him direction, knowing where we are, where we've been, where we're going, first and foremost, direction. This is using logic. And judgment and reasoning, vitarka vichara, the first two signs of samadhi, according to the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali. So Nandi Devata, which is obviously Shiva's Vahana, teaches him first and foremost about direction, north, south, east, and west. Dhruva, Dakshana, Purva, Pachima. And notice in the Hatha Yoga asanas, we have Asanas that focus on the various directions. And remember, Hatha Yoga, of all of our classic yogas, was the one that was never, ever supposed to be on display. This was deep, esoteric, personal disciplines. Sadly, the secret is out, way out. Then Nandi sends Satikama to the deity, Agni. Many believe that's actually Skanda or Murga, Jyoti. So Agni teaches him now about bhakti yoga. So he's had a good foundation with Nandi being the dharma and karma doing the right thing, finding direction in life. Now ready for bhakti yoga devotion 
And so Agni teaches him about earth and water and air and ether. Remember, he's the fire deity, so fire's right there. Earth, water, fire, air, ether. As we go up the chakras and also appreciate the elements, this is bhakti yoga. Notice a Hindu puja that combines all of the natural elements of life. Then Agni sends him to the next leg of Brahman, Hamsa. Ma Saraswati's Vahana, Hamsa. That I am, so hum, I am that. Hamsa, who now teaches him about Raja Yoga contemplations and the inner fire and sun and moon and lightning, the inner Agnihotra, the inner Shakti, the fire, the Surya, the sun, the moon, Chandra, and the lightning, the Vajra, the Shushmana itself, the inner Shakti, the left and right brain, the Chandra and the Surya, which stimulates the Kundalini up the spine, the Vajra, fire, sun, moon, lightning, the thunderbolt, remember, held by Indra, and then Hamsa sends him to the fourth leg of Garud or the diver bird, where now Satikama goes deep within, having walked the work. Pade Pade prepared himself to go deep within. And Garuda, the diver bird, teaches him about the breath, the eye, the ear, the mind, prana. The Bindi, the Bindu, remember, Puram Bindu Vajri Purushtutaha, ancient Bindu Hindu Hindu, soulful warrior from the Rig Veda. Breath, eye, ear, Gajikanikaya, listening to the inner wisdom, unfolding the inner wisdom, listening to the inner voice. Breath, eye, ear, and then mind, exploring the various aspects of the mind, the Madha, the Kasipta, the Viksipta. The Neruta, the Ekagraha, from the conscious mind to the superconscious mind, exploring areas of the mind so that we can eventually transcend this mind into the Atmana, that which is not the mind. So our courageous hero, Satyakama, learns from Bhume Mata. Remember, this is actually the first written word, Ritta. Ritvijam, victory to order, victory to Mother Nature, Bhumimata. And it is Nandi Devata that guides him along the way. And look at the wonderful symbolism of Nandi the bull. For all of us, we must face ourselves, we must face the bull in our life and transform the BS, if you get the drift, into Vibhuti into the holy ash. Others can help us, but ultimately we have to face ourselves and realize what we have perhaps become in a very negative way. Face all those negativities to find that which is within us, this city of Brahman. So, we have the Young Chela Satikama, the Shishya, who goes off and learns from Bhumimata. Then we have Shvetaketu and Udalaka, 
Shvetaketu, the young Chela, who learns from his father, who is his guru. And classically, in Hindu Dharma, we have guru kals who whose father was a guru, their father was a guru, their father was a guru. And remember, as Hindus, we always respect Mata and Pita, first and foremost, as our guru, Mata and Pita. So Svetiketu learns from his father, Udalaka, another way to learn. And then the third is very classic, where we have Narada and Sanat Kumara. Sanat Kumara is the classic guru that's outside of anyone's relationships. And Narada goes to learn from the feet of his guru. So basically three ways to get this understanding of Atma Darshana and how to live the life of a Hindu, walking the walk, pade pade, thread by thread, sutra by sutra. And then in this profound Chandogya Upanishad, we encounter the understanding of the city of Brahman. Omata yad iddam masmin Brahman pore, daharam pundarikam vesma, Daharusmin antarakas, tasmin yarantas, taran veshtavyam, tadbaba viji yanasitavyam. Therein lies the city of Brahman within. It's like a lotus flower with its many petals, likened unto a vesma, a mansion with many rooms. Go within that, and then go within that. Indeed, you must go within that. In other words, spiritual unfoldment as we go within and within and within and within and within to poof the no-thingness the kaivalya experience liberation liberated from all outer into the no-thingness of which we cannot speak yatovacho nirvatante apropis manasa saha for that experience is beyond speech. It's beyond the very mind that seeks to comprehend it, hence the Atmana. So not only is our journey into the Atmana, the soul, if you will, it's a bit different, because remember, for Christians, the soul still connects to the mind. The Atmana is not the mind. It's temporarily residing within this body, mind, and emotions, Dehamanabhavaha. But it is this Atmana of Satchit Ananda, the pure consciousness, the pure energy, sound energy, light energy, heat energy, which becomes the human experience of the warmth of love or bliss Ananda, hence Satchit Ananda. But going into Satchit Ananda to the no thingness, the black hole, if you will. Symbolically represented by Ma Kali and also the Shiva Lingam, the black Shiva Lingam by itself. The eye of the cosmos, the eye of the hurricane, the tornado, the whirlpool, the huge breaking wave. At the center of our physical eyes, look into the eyes of each other and animals too. We all have the black hole there, the tat, the absolute, out of which comes the sat, chit, ananda, Further out into body, mind, emotions. Further out into all the things of the world. This black hole is really the end of the Vedas. Want a class in non-duality? 
Want another one? See the point? So these Sanskrit, Tamil, Hindu words that we use, Brahman, Tat, they're words to describe experiences that go beyond words. So in using words, we need to be careful. Remember, Rishi Kalidasa said, Vagarta vihiva sampritao. Words and their meanings are ever united like a marriage. And the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali, whose Yoga Sutras obviously have been totally distorted by today's spurious yoga movement, he too said, Sabdhyananupati vastusunyo vikalpaha. One enters into delusion, vikalpa, when they take word knowledge, sabdhyana, that's devoid, sunya, of facts. Remember, it was Hindus that invented the devoid or the zero, sunyam, without which life does not compute, the binary system. So please remember that the word God is not a reference to this absolute. It's a reference to an anthropomorphic deity, a one male as opposed to goddess, creator, being. So please, fellow Hindus, do not misconstrue Brahman with God. God is a Christian term, and it's referring to a father, our father who art in heaven, not our mother, not our it. Brahman is an it, the greater forces of Satchit Ananda. And this would be Saguna, Brahman, Brahman with attributes, and then further attributes out from Satchit Ananda. Naguna, Brahman, is that without any attributes of which we obviously cannot speak. Hence we say Mauna Vakya Para Brahman. The supreme experience of Brahman is known in the silent speech, an oxymoron. Siva, Shiva as Dakshinamurti, the silent teacher. Hmm. So the joke is on us if we try to teach about non-duality. However, what we can teach is about a unified consciousness. Hence, sat, ekum sat, a unified consciousness. But this takes guts to realize. Hence, in physics, the gut principle, the grand unified theory, which is the principle in particle physics that merges weak and strong electromagnetic fields into a single force. And along with gravity, you have the basic dynamics of life, gravity, electricity, and magnetism. In the Hindu Yoga Dharma, this would be Satchit Ananda, Ekam Sat, this grand unified theory, which then becomes all manner of name and form, Nam and Rup, to be respected, never confusing generalities and specifics. So out of this no-thingness, this absolute, of which we cannot speak, and remember, we all go there every single night when we go into the depths of sleep where we have no consciousness of any beingness at all. But yet we do arise in the morning. There'll be a morning when we don't, obviously. But we do arise, so something must have been going on there in that absolute experience. We don't quite know what because we're not in our mind. We're ethically out of our mind. Actually, this is the purpose of 
mysticism to go ethically out of our mind because we've all figured out many unethical ways to go out of our mind. The very goal of the Yoga Sutras of the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali, and remember these Yoga Sutras, this Yoga Darshana, one of six orthodox systems of Hindu philosophy, is really an intense manual for Hindu male renunciate yogis in training, not to be distorted into this spurious yoga movement of today, and certainly not the so-called Astanga yoga movement. Remember, the Yoga Sutras mention absolutely no specific asana at all. The goal is kaivalya. The goal of liberation kaivalya is purushartha sunyam, the inner no-thingness, the inner wealth of the atmana, purushartha sunyam. So too with the ultimate calm wisdom or samadhi, Tad evarta matra nirbasa sunyam. That experience is beyond light into the no thingness, the zero experience. Not to become something. So clearly, today's so called yoga is a complete distortion of the intent of the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali and all true mystics. Rather than becoming nothing, they become something to the extreme. Picture, personality, and price tag are the telltale signs of one very confused about the intent of religious spiritual life. So how do we get to this city of Brahman within? Finding this bird of truth that was always there. These inner experiences. This is where the role of religion spirituality comes into play. The rules, the regulations, the rituals, the path, if you will, finding a path to get to that one point at the top and then perhaps rise above. Remember, the city of Brahman is likened to a lotus flower. Get the image of the lotus flower, perhaps white, perhaps pink, violet, beautifully floating on the top of the water, But never fail to realize that below the water, that lotus flower is connected with a stem into the mud. Take a flower away from its roots and it quickly dies. Take yoga away from the roots of Hinduism and you have dead yoga. So we must always be grounded in the mud, in the earthiness, the foundation. In the Hindu Yoga Dharma, this is also symbolic of Maha Ganapati and why he is always first. He's created off of the mud of his Mataji. Being grounded in the mud, always then we rise up, up the spine, so to speak, finding the warrior spirit, his brother Skanda Muraga, Velvel Muraga, rising up through good karma and bhakti yoga to the waters of devotion and then blossoming out on the surface of the water. This is basically a beautiful symbolic understanding of karma yoga, the roots, the mud, the bhakti yoga, the waters itself, the raja yoga, exercising that inner warrior spirit, the stem reaching up to the unfoldment, jnana yoga, of the unfolding of the 
lotus flower, the Pundarikam Vesma. And notice that many of our Hindu devas and devis, male and female, they sit or stand upon the lotus flower. Wow. A huge deity being able to stand or elevate, really, above the lotus flower, the delicate lotus flower, rising to the top and then ascending above the top of the mountain, ascending above the lotus flower. So true to any endeavor in life, and certainly those that are really worth following, takes a lot of work, takes tremendous effort. Hence, in this beautiful Upanishad, Jandogya, it ends with a profound story of Indra, Virochana, and Prajapati. And one will notice that in many of our stories within the Hindu Yoga Nahama, they kind of go over the top to prove a point. This story certainly does. But it proves the important point here of never rushing into anything, not certainly delusional in a delusional way seeking to be a teacher before one's time. Letting things age and mature in their proper time, just like the maturing of a fruit. And why eat raw fruit when ripe fruit is available? If you wait, if you take time, let it develop. So in this classic story, and in Hindu Dharma, many of the deities take turns being master and disciple, and guru and chela. So in this story, we have Prajapati as the guru, and the two chelas or shishyas, Indra, who was to become the chief of the devatas, remember, and Varochana, they approached the Guru to learn. So Prajapati, as the Guru, says, Welcome, come and stay with me for 32 years. Whoa. Again, contrast that with today's 200-hour certified professional authoritative yoga teachers and 500-hour yoga therapists. Hmm, 32 years. So in the 32 years, Prajapati teaches Indra and Virochana, all about the dharma and karma, doing the right thing, teaching them all about their body and the material world. See how many get stuck there? For at the end of 32 years, Indra and Virochana both leave their guru. And Virocha is never ever to be seen again. That's the end of his story. He's so sure that it's all about the body the material world, enter today's so-called yoga teachers, cultic movements that just get stuck in the outer body. So he's never to be heard from again. That's the end of Virochana. And of course, no Hindu would ever name their child Virochana. End of his story. But Indra, on the other hand, pauses and thinks, wait a minute, this cannot just be about my physical body, about the material world, because all of that stuff is transitory. This physical body is subject to pain and pleasure and suffering. Raghadavesha, sukadukha. So he goes back to Prajapati's guru, humbly bows, and the guru, ah, very pleased. Well, wonderful. Stay with me for another 32 years. Hmm. So in the next learning session, Guruji teaches him all about his emotional nature and what it is to be devoted, teaching him all about 
bhakti yoga, all about puja. And anybody who's ever been to a Hindu puja knows that it's a highly devotional act when we incorporate all of the wonderful elements of Bhumi Mata, of Mother Nature. So after the 32 years are over, Indra goes away, but then reflects, well, wait a minute. Like my body, my emotions too are fickle. Sometimes I get angry. I get high, I get low. This can't be the ultimate experience. So he goes back to the guru. And notice that the guru is willing to wait patiently forever until the disciple figures it out. Remember, gurus don't go to the disciple. The disciples must seek out the guru. And the guru is willing to wait patiently forever. Some never return like Virochana. But Indra, he returns and says, Guruji, no, like my body, these emotions are also very fickle, so there must be more than that. So Prajapati says, ah, wonderful, stay with me for another 32 years. Wow. So now we have 96 years of study. And the third session, Guruji taught him all about his mind, the different aspects of the mind, and how to calm the mind. Remember in the Yoga Sutras, Chitta, Vritta, and Erota is in the beginning, but then the rest of these Yoga Sutras are how to work with this mind, how to calm this mind, how to understand this mind, in order to stay established in one's city of Brahman, if you will, in their inner nature. This is where the work comes in on the mental plane. So, after the third session, Indra goes away, thinking, wow, so the body, the emotions, the mind, but wait a minute. Now that I'm getting older, my mind, too, is not all that dependable. And all of us know that that's truly true. So he goes back, and Prajapati welcomes him for one final time. Very good. So after 96 years of training, Prajapati says, stay with me for another five years which equals 101 years of training before Indra really becomes the chief of the Devatas, able to teach others. Of course, it's over the top, right? But the wisdom here is don't be in a rush to be a teacher, to be a guru, to be a swami, to be a cleric, to be a priest, if you will. Take your time. Enjoy this journey. So after the final five years, Indra finally got total illumination, now having worked with his body, emotions, and mind, to transcend them. It's an interesting game that we're playing. We work to develop the material world, the physical, the mental, and emotional, only to transcend it in the end, to go into that which is not the mind, the atmana. Atma dashana paramodharma. Remember, Hindus, that along with all of our very important duties in life, our dharmas, the overriding one is to realize, see, experience, darshan, our atmana, atma darshana paramo dharma. And finally, make it, make your way home to the city of Brahman within. So find your path. Find a religious tradition that works for you. Step on it. And then follow it. Pade, pade, step by step, thread by thread, Sutra by Sutra, 
creating this wonderful fabric of life, body, mind, emotions, and atmana. Tattvamasi aham brahmasmi, tattvamasi aham atma asi. We are that inner nothingness. And the love, light, and energy, the satchitananda, which emanates into body, mind, and emotions. And then we send out this love and light and energy, this satchitananda, this jyoti, shakti, ananda, shanti, to our fellow human beings. And we wish them well in their chosen pursuits, in their specific path that they have chosen. We wish them auspiciousness and peace and fullness and tranquility and to be free from any undue sickness and suffering as we all are on this eternal journey together, never confusing generalities and specifics, respecting the various religious traditions of the world. As we go from untruth to truth and humbly admit our lack of knowledge, our ignorance, if you will, as we move to an ever more enlightened state of being, and tapping into that inner bliss, that inner love, because that's something that as humans we all share in common. We share an inner energy and light and love. And then to be respected in how we specifically refer to those things, hence the specific religious traditions of the world. Or perhaps there are new ones to come. Who knows? So as Hindus, we would say, Om Sarvesham Svastir Bhavatu, Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu, Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu, Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu, Sarve Bhavantu Sukinaha, Sarve Santu Niramayaha, Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu, Makashi Dukha Bhagavit, Omasatoma Sadgamaya, Tamasoma Jotir Gamaya, Brityorma Amritam Gamaya, Om Shanti Shanti Shantihi. Omata Yadidamasmin Brahman Pure, the Harusmin and Tarakas, Tasmin Yarantas Taran Veshtavim, Tarvaba Viji Yanasita Vyam. Enjoy your journey, day after day, decade after decade, lifetime after lifetime. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti.